0: one.
1: Somehow, God
2: is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Tom Frio.
0: I committed the dodge.
2: Though you did a lot more than that, sir. This is Wretched Radio. Have you seen the viral video? It's salacious. It's gossipy. We're not going to use it for that purpose. Instead, we are going to learn a lesson from a Sunday service in an Indiana church like no other. The pastor taking the platform to announce, 20 years ago, I committed adultery. Sounded like a whole lot of chin boogie to me because what he did was far more grievous than committing adultery. Instead, it turns out, he took the virginity of a 16-year-old girl on his office floor while she was wearing a purity ring. The pastor actually received a standing ovation for his confession and willingness to step down from the pulpit. But then things didn't go as planned for this preacher because the congregation started to yell out, Hey, let us talk. We have something we want to say. And the no longer 16-year-old and her husband took the platform from him to share the actual details, which our world is more than happy to share because it slanders Christ and his Christ ones and his beloved church. You're about to hear that Sunday service that somebody recorded and you're about to hear the TMZ stinger. Why? Because gossip rags like TMZ love to report this. So does mainstream media. They love to report this because it's oh so salacious. Why do we want to endure what you're about to hear? Recently, You've seen or heard about the Southern Baptist Convention report on the executive committee done by Guidepost Solutions that reveals this is the allegation over 700 allegations of sexual abuse that were not addressed by the executive committee and leadership. Why didn't they respond to this? I think there's a couple of reasons. One, they were getting very bad legal advice. Number two, they were more concerned about the convention than people. But I can't help but wonder if, three, that they are not as shocked by sexual abuse allegations as we should be. We're hearing about them all too often these days, and we are in danger of becoming rather ho-hum-like. Oh, another one or we don't take time to consider, whoa, what happened there? And what has been the collateral damage? You're about to hear that collateral damage. And this should move us to have compassion and take very seriously the allegations made by a man or woman about sexual abuse. I committed adultery.
1: It was nearly 20 years ago. It continued far too long. It involved one person, and there's been no other, nor any other situation of unbecoming conduct for the last 20 years. I will not use the Bible to defend, protect, deflect my past sin. I have no defense. I committed the adultery. (laughs)
2: as you're about to hear. Yeah, he committed adultery. Uh, He committed a lot more.
1: In accordance with our church bylaws, I'm stepping aside, stepping down from ministry responsibilities and have committed to the Lord and now to you. I will submit to the process and recommendations of this board.
2: So far, apparently so good the congregation stood up and cheered his willingness to be oh so transparent and then suddenly the tables turned if you love
1: us please let us talk for 27 years i lived in a prison it was not 20 years i lived in a prison of lies and shame Lying to protect the Lowe family, for years I thought I was a horrible person having suicidal thoughts, not realizing what had been truly done to me.
2: (sighs) That should be enough. It continues, but shouldn't that break our hearts? In an effort to protect the pastor, you want to talk about spiritual abuse in addition to sexual abuse? (laughs) Second, she had suicidal thoughts to take her life because of what was done to her by the pastor who confessed committing adultery.
1: That I was a victim? And I would still be in a prison if my brother, and many of you know him, Edgar Wolf, had not approached me just two weeks ago with what he had seen as a teenager that bothered him all these years. His pastor in bed with his younger sister. A T-shirt and underwear on.
2: Collateral damage number two. The family members of the abuse victim, in this instance, the brother who apparently spied and captured a glimpse of the pastor in a bed with his sister. You don't think that affected him covering it up for 27 years and a pastor who is now Willing to admit he committed adultery? Hoofda, you talk about spiritual abuse all the way around.
1: People knew, but were too afraid to come forward, and they have now. The lies and the manipulation have to stop. I was a prisoner, and you kept me in your prison. I'm a prisoner no longer. I was just 16 when you took my virginity on your office floor.
2: Hold the phone, Henrietta. Try to envision a 16 year old church going girl wearing a purity ring, having her virginity stolen by her pastor, 16 years old. 16. They're barely, barely. Becoming aware of their faculties and their surroundings. We limit the behavior and the privileges that 16-year-olds receive. They don't get to drive a car. They don't get a license at 16. Maybe they do now, but barely, at 16, you're just, okay, we think maybe you can get a driver's permit at 16. You can't drink. You can't vote. This child wasn't just the victim of a pastor having an affair. She was the victim of a man. What what else do you call this when an adult male takes the virginity of a 16-year-old girl? Incidentally, you should know, in the state of Indiana, while the age of consent is 16, a person who is at least the age of 18 In a position of supervision or trust that engages in any sexual activity with a child over the age of 16 but under the age of 18 commits child seduction. According to state law, it comes with a maximum penalty of 1.5 years in prison up to a $10,000 fine. I don't think that's near enough. Frankly, and incidentally, I don't think 12 and a half years for Josh Duggar is enough either. According to the authorities in his porn case, they've never seen more grievous images than the 200 pictures that were found on his computer. Videos of sexual abuse on children as young as 18 months to get 12 and a half years. No, that. That's not gonna cut it. This pastor most likely won't see any jail time because of a statute of limitations. Prosecution for this crime must begin before the victim reaches thirty one. She's no longer thirty one. She's past that, but she has not passed the memory of what was done to her.
1: Do you remember that? I know you do, and I have plenty of other stories that I could bring to remembrance. You did things to my teenage body that had never and should have never been done. Don't look at me like that. You know the truth. I know, but you can tell the truth because this is a lie. But you need to tell the truth. You know that. Listen, you know my it. wife is not just adultery. It's another level when it's a teenager. And I will not let this man Talk about my wife like that. It happened for nine years.
3: Oh. She was 15, 16. The sexual
1: grooming started. And it lasted until she met me and we started dating. This is the truth. This was Bobby's cum a purity ring, which she wore while this man had sex with her. She-
2: Ugh. Hopefully we got the point of that. Whether it's a teenager or an adult... Sexual abuse is wicked. It is an awful crime and violation of an image-bearer of God, but especially with children 16 years old. Let us not make the apparent mistake of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention and be blasé or willing to cover up criminal activity, which demands a criminal investigation because... An individual who does this deed inside of a church has stepped out of the realm of authority of the church and into the realm of the authority of the government, and he should receive what is due to him by the government who has been given the sword for this very reason. The next time you hear about another allegation, perhaps we're going to take it seriously, investigate earnestly, Because sexual abuse, what word describes how ugly it is? It should break our hearts. This is Wretched Radio.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. So what do you get when you mix a group of Gen Z college students and a group of biblical experts together with 2,000-year-old questions? Well, of course, you get Road Trip to Truth. John Favares has hit the road on a quest to find answers to life's biggest questions like environmentalism, social Darwinism, the deadly impact of pornography, and the dangers of agnosticism. Those are just a few of the topics covered in Season 2 of Road Trip to Truth, which is available now at roadtriptotruth.org. Season one is also available along with study guides for each season and a homeschool curriculum. Road trip to truth helps your children better understand questions from the world from a biblical perspective, and it will help you learn how to witness more effectively to this generation. So grab your copy of season one and two of road trip to truth at roadtriptotruth.org. Wretched amazing grace amazing gospel
2: this is our dear brother max in ukraine who's been a tomorrow club leader now for almost 20 years giving us a picture of what is going on currently in ukraine specifically regarding the activity of the tomorrow clubs normally kids clubs where they meet every week to hear the gospel but right now those tomorrow club leaders are spending their efforts simply trying to minister to people who are in danger or who have nothing.
0: And our Tomorrow Club leaders in the West are trying to, to meet the needs of those families. We had to escape serving them a the good opportunity to show Christ to them in this time of trial.
2: There are many who need the bare necessities of life. Tomorrow Clubs is trying to serve them in that regard. Would you please consider what you might do for Ukrainian believers at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched.
3: What's the one question you think we get the most here at Wretched? It's why do you guys do what you do? And we thought the best person to answer that question was you.
2: Wretched Radio, it's just really brought me closer to God. Wretched has changed my life. Wretched Radio, you all have done a great job at really bringing joy into our lives.
3: Our goals have always been to preach the gospel, to equip people to preach the gospel, and to strengthen the local church. And when we hear testimonies from real people just like you, we are encouraged.
2: My life never be the same because of you guys. Through your video, God saved
3: me. Wretched Radio, you encouraged me to walk with the Lord. And we know we would never be able to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel if it weren't for the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you prayerfully consider partnering with Wretched to save the lost and reach millions of people with the gospel? Just log on to Wretched.org slash donate to get all of the information you could ever want to know about becoming a gospel partner. That's Wretched.org slash donate
0: books of the bible philippians was written by paul from a roman prison it is often called the epistle of joy for its encouraging tone in this letter paul encourages the philippians to live in a manner worthy of the gospel by steadfastness and humility in christ and cheerful obedience to god who is working in us to bring about his good pleasure. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel and... Now, away we go. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives.
3: Any special message for all the kids watching at home.
0: What we need right now
2: is a clear message to the people of this country.
0: You have
1: 1,200 messages.
0: That is a bit above average. Now, here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel.
2: The mail is here! Ooh, you have blessed us mightily this week by not only sending questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at but sermons, stories, articles, you have been pouring them in, and we're super grateful. We discover things we wouldn't have discovered if you hadn't gone sleuthing and sent whatever you think is wretched to idea at wretched.org.
3: We start with Matthew, who asks the question, why we should pray when God has sovereignly decreed everything.
2: Because he's decreed that we pray. <laughs> I mean, that, that's an answer. I, I think that we could probably put a little meat on that bone. But I think that we need to understand that God has predetermined everything. Everything. Including whether you're going to pray or not. We don't want to get too speculative into the mind of God. But... Before eternity began, before time began, before creation was here, God knew everything that was going to happen. We have a tendency to think, okay, so God, He decreed your bumper is going to fall off in your garage tonight. But you pray, Lord, please keep my car whole this evening in the car park. And God, changes his mind, and your bumper stays affixed to your vehicle. How does that work? Did did God discover new information? Oh, he's praying. I was going to have the bumper fall off, but Jimmy is praying for his truck, so I guess I'll keep it on. I've changed my mind. Remember, changing of the mind or God repenting of something is an anthropomorphism. He doesn't change his mind in that, you know, I felt this way, but now I'm gonna go that way. Whatever emotions that God has, whatever decisions that he has made, include all of them. Everything is preordained and predetermined. So if your bumper doesn't fall off of your car, can you say it's because you prayed? Yes. But God had predetermined that too. And so our prayers are effectual because of Jesus Christ. They are decreed and commanded for us. And they are a part of God's sovereign plan. It's just that he knows the end long before we do. So keep praying. Now, again, I don't want to get too speculative with this because this is shaky ground at best. Let's just say that God had decreed something and then literally changed his mind because of an event or new information. Well, that would change the character and the nature of God. And that's impossible because he's immutable. So that means God has history happening in time. And your prayers actually work because he knew before time began you were going to pray him. And so ultimately that was going to be the outcome because that's what he determined. So be careful about seeing the anthropomorphisms in the Bible because it might just keep you from praying. And I will confess this. Prayer is a struggle, isn't it? It's it's hard. Even when you've got it planned and prepared, you've got your quiet time set up and all of a sudden there's a ruckus in the kitchen, the kids are yelling, the alarm goes off, an issue that is just suddenly so pressing it apparently needs to be dealt with. It's just plain hard. Not to mention how hard it is to concentrate. I might point you to praying the scriptures the the boa book that we have at wretched.org, it will help your mind to focus. But it is, it's a, it's an actual exercise, isn't it, to pray? And right now, as we look around our culture, I I, I wonder if we have forgotten about the secret weapon of prayer. And that maybe just again, I don't know how God does everything, believe me. Freely, you didn't have to tell us. But if we're seeing a nation devolve and it just keeps going right into the abyss and we don't pray along the way, God God knew that in advance, considered that in advance. But if we would become a people who pray for the salvation of souls, that's what's needed. Nancy Pelosi, she needs salvation. She also needs to stay away from the communion table. <laughs> she actually said, it's not the archbishop's job to keep people from the table. Actually, I think it actually is, Nancy. I, I, I'm i not Catholic, but I'm pretty certain that's precisely his job. If you are living outside of Catholic precepts, statutes, laws, council decisions, yeah, that's exactly what keeps you from communion. She doesn't need to be reasoned with. That machine is broken long ago. She needs the gospel. She needs salvation. She needs regeneration. And God does those things because we pray. You say, wait a second. You mean he wasn't going to, but then he did because we prayed? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he did that because he knew we were going to pray. That is the power of prayer. And I wonder if we wouldn't all do well to perhaps be using our secret weapon a whole lot more, petitioning the throne room of grace. Lord, rescue this nation by saving souls, because that's the only lifeline that actually will bring somebody to safety. They will not get to shore through logic reasons, laws, legislation, critical theory. No, they need a new heart. And God loves to save people. And he's decreed that we pray and those prayers are considered in his predetermined plan. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, and other stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, this one comes from William, who says, Hi, Todd, uh,
3: can a church have a dance ministry? I'm asking because my fiancé's church had one. They they would dance to worship music. Oh, I
2: see. Because <laughs> I was thinking a." Of- well, what did you, call? can a church have a dance what? Ministry. ministry. Uh-huh. Sure. Well, I, I don't think it's a sin to dance, with all due respect to my independent fundamentalist brothers and sisters whom I love. I don't think it's a sin for a husband and wife to dance. So if the church, if they, for whatever reason, deem it necessary to give dance lessons, fine. Call it a ministry if you want to. As far as dancing in the worship service, that's a different deal. I might encourage you, go to the YouTube machine, type in "wretched." Vody, as in Vodibachum, V-O-D-D-I-E, comma, dancing. And you will hear the two of us discussing David dancing. Does that give us permission to dance in a worship service? And the conclusion was, no, it doesn't. And I thought vodi used a great illustration. What was happening was not an, an, an ordained worship service, a formal gathering of God's children for worship. Instead, it was one of those celebratory Yes! Sort of moment. So, for instance, you and I are gathered around and somebody who is a prodigal for the last 20 years, you didn't even know they were alive. They come walking through your door, cleaned up, confessing Christ is Lord. Little dancing could be appropriate. That's what David was doing. But it wasn't a part of the regulative principle of worship. This is a principle that guides us and answers so many questions regarding worship. What has God regulated for his worship? What has God regulated for his church to do on a Sunday morning? And we see reading of the word, praying. I, 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 I think we do see singing that is involved. And we see preaching. And I also think, sorry, this will probably annoy most people. I also think we see communion. As often as you gather in remembrance of me, I think we should be. I think those are the prescribed elements of worship. If you'll notice, dancing wasn't there. So should we be doing a dance ministry in church and dances in church? Um, The one who has regulated what he wants his worship service to be, I I, I don't think he gives you permission to be doing a worshipful dance. Idea at wretched.org.
3: All right. Uh, This one is a question from TJ. Mr. Friel, I am a 16-year-old who is wondering the difference between anger and righteous
2: indignation. Jimmy, could I have just a moment? (laughs) Yes. 16-year-old. I have to tell you, this has really done my cold conservative heart good. Lately, we've been getting a lot of emails from kids. Sorry. I mean that lovingly. 16-year-old, 14-year-old. 12-year-olds uh, worried about the salvation of their parents, worried if they've committed the sin against the Holy Spirit. It's just been just God keeps working through every generation, through every generation, and we should hear these stories and we should hear testimonies and be encouraged by them that God is still working and God is still saving people. So what's the difference Between sinful anger and righteous anger, I think the difference is vertical versus horizontal. When it's horizontal, I'm just torqued because you get up my nose, that's sinful anger. If we are upset, even agitated, troubled because of the sin we see in the world, the evil that people participate in, because God's throne is being assaulted, his name is being blasphemed, then we have righteous anger. If your anger is motivated because you've been offended, sin. If your anger is motivated because God has been offended, righteous. This is Wretched Radio.
3: This is Ratchet Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, a U.S. Air Force Base in Germany canceled a Drag Queen Storytime event that was scheduled for next month. The event was designed for children and would be taking place on the base's library, and the librarian was none too happy about the cancellation, tweeting that a minority of people who have nothing to do with the base forced the cancellation. Say what you will, but for me, this is all part of a larger plan, because events like this are happening at U.S. military bases all over in an effort to push sexual and social politics. The Department of Defense has even created training documents that identify those who oppose baby murder and the LGBT agenda as possible extremists. If you don't think there's more happening here, you're not paying attention. A professor. Yep, a professor. And you know, I've done enough of these stories by now for all of us to understand, being a professor, is not really proof of higher intelligence. And I can't do this story justice by just describing what this Boston University professor said. I'll let her speak for herself. We hear President Biden say, I understand your frustrations, but don't destroy property. When you say that to black people who historically have been property, one of our greatest weapons against injustice was the looting of ourselves as property. So that's why I think it's very important for, you know, people who see reactions in communities to not judge and to not make assumptions about what is good and not good. You know, I wonder if she understands or expects anyone else to understand what she just said. She said black people released from slavery is the same thing as looting today. So stealing from people is just a form of expression. The logic here really is not coherent at all. Since black people who were once slaves were considered property, then all private property is racist. And so stealing and destroying it is actually good. I really did try to understand this. Well, the school district in West Virginia has agreed to shell out over $200,000 to end a lawsuit filed by the Freedom From Religion Atheist Group over the district's elective Bible class. The lawsuit was originally filed in 2017 over the Mercer County School District's Bible in Schools program when one parent claimed her daughter was ostracized for refusing to take the elective class. In 2019, the school district ended the course, but the lawsuit was still pursued, and this week, the district agreed to pay $225,000 as part of a settlement. And I know, as Christians, we claim to want prayer and the Bible brought back to public schools, but honestly, look at the time we're living in. Less than 30% of public school teachers today are professing believers, And, and, and even those who are, we don't know if their theology lines up with ours. And I don't know about you, but I just don't want anyone teaching my child biblical things but me and my child's pastor. And, and like I said, maybe I'm the only one, but that's my conviction. More Radio, Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn from death, resurrected that we may have life, and He is the firstborn over all creation, the preeminent Son, through whom we are adopted as sons and daughters of God the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I nailed
2: it. Same key too. To every generation. This is Wretched Radio. That's back in the day when they actually played worship music on the Christian radio stations. Not many do these days. Some do. Most, it's just, hmm, super groovy, cool worship music. I'm not telling you that this is cutting edge. But came from, uh, even from Maranatha Music. At least it was biblical. A sanctuary from the storm To every generation am I playing this? Because I can't remember the next words and I want to hear them. I guess this is when I should have been talking. Are we just going to repeat this? See, it started back in the 90s. Is good or not? You just sang the chorus. Okay, if it repeats the whole shebang again, I'm not going to be happy with the 90s. so on the video Yes, but I am. I wonder how accurate that is to Psalm 90. Let's take a look, shall we? Psalm singing seems to be a thing of the past. I just received a copy of the Charles Spurgeon hymnal, pretty groovy. And in the, in the very front, what is in the Charles Spurgeon hymnal? 150 Psalms. Why? Because we used to, and some still do exclusively, just sing the Psalms. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, well, that's pretty accurate stuff. Or you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Huh, not bad, if you don't mind me saying so. But I digress. Please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, thank you for letting me take that little time travel. Absolutely. You know, time travel is really a dopey idea. Why? Because it doesn't make any sense. It can't happen. All right. Let's just say you and I. You just never met the doc. We. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't meet the doc, at least not that doc. And I didn't. What was the name of that car? The DeLorean. The DeLorean. Yeah. Yikes. And you get to a certain speed, 80 miles an hour, and boom, you'd go back to the future. Well, let's just say, Jimmy, we've got two of those cars. You're in one, I'm in the other. And I go back to 1981. And you go back to 1982.
3: That's the year I was born.
2: So if I'm actually going to go back in that time, I, I did 1981. So when I get to 1982, what's 1981 doing? Because somebody could parachute back to that time, too. Because every single second of every single day would have to be on constant repetition. Otherwise, you can't go back to the future. You can't just jump into a time period as if it, well, nothing was really happening in this realm of the imagination. But you came back in your DeLorean, and now the time clock is ticking again. It's just absolutely dopey. But I have a confession to make. Going back to the early 80s. Mm, mm, mm. The parachute pants, white Converse high tops and mullet. Miss them. Just miss them. You
3: miss parachute pants? Oh.
2: <laughs> and the <laughs> mullet that went with it. <sighs> oh, yeah. And I miss the music that spoke to the soul of a generation that that was able to lyrically, set to music, capture... At least I know what I was experiencing so regularly. I was lost and found. And I was in touch with the ground. <laughs> I was hungry like a wolf. And Duran Duran captured that sentiment for me. You know, they just don't write songs like that anymore, do they? Nor do they write songs like this again anymore.
0: To every
2: Idea at wretched.org. All right. This comes from Dane. You're just just tired of me, aren't you? I'm not tired of you. I can tell by your tone. (laughs) Just done. I'm not. All right. This one comes. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I have to say it's still my favorite sound effect. (laughs) Tom Hammond shared this. He's the guy who wrote Solving the God Puzzle, which we'd still like to give to you, by the way. If you want to give out some gospel literature and not pay for it, well, you are in Providence. Simply visit wretched.org slash puzzle. We'll send you as many copies of this gospel booklet called Solving the God Puzzle by Tom Hammond as you promised to give away, and that includes shipping, by the way. Tom was saying he was in a church and he preached for more than 20 minutes. <laughs> which apparently was going beyond the ability of at least one man in the congregation to take in any more than 20 minutes of preaching. So he as dramatically as he could, you know, kind of big, folds his arms, puts his head back and goes, (laughs) that's what you just did to me. Jimmy Hicks. It is not, I felt it but, I was triggered you can't argue with me
3: uh, no I cannot argue but I can I can I uh, definitively say that I don't think that man was making that sound effect because Todd went or Tom went too long.
2: It was just that he was it, talking at all? It was just Tom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do it with any other preacher, just Tom. Get your copies of Solving the God Puzzle at wretched.org slash idea at wretched.org.
3: All right, this comes from Dane, who says, uh, Todd, I have epilepsy. So what do I say when someone tells me that I have seizures because I'm possessed?
2: They need to go to a new church. They need to start reading their Bibles. That's terrible. We know what stream of Christianity that comes out of. That somebody's malady is because they're demon-possessed. Now, did we see people that had maladies because they had a demon? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's not all we saw. Do you remember the man who was healed? Well, who did the sinning, Lord? Is it his parents? Was it him? And Jesus said, no, nope, that's not the reason for it. He was ill so that I could put my glory on display. So when somebody says you're sick because it's a demon, uh, is that a possibility that you're afflicted by a demon? Uh, well, I'm not sure a genuine Christian can, but having said that, if you have a medical diagnosis indicating you have a malady, that's the explanation. I I would encourage that person to um, perhaps read their Bible a little bit more thoughtfully before they start diagnosing people's physical maladies as demon possession. Speaking of demon possession, we'll probably tackle this next week. I have a list of all of the school shooters, the mass murderers of the last several decades, you will be stunned at how many of them talk about having demons. Do I do I doubt some of those testimonies? No, I don't. Why? Because I think pharmakia is connected to demons. That's what Paul said. Hey, stay away from the witchcraft. It's pharmakia because the witches, the sorcerers of the day, would use medication to get you in touch with the netherworld, with the dark spiritual realm. Don't do those drugs. Don't do drugs. They're going to get you in contact with that realm. So I suspect when those people who shoot up a classroom full of kids say that they have a demon involved, yeah, I don't doubt them. Idea at wretched.org. All right.
3: uh, This one is from Andrew. Todd, what do you say to someone who says the following about pro-lifers? Pro-lifers only care about the baby inside the womb and not the baby out of the womb. That's what you say? Yeah,
2: that's it. Next. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes, that's all we care about. See, we just want a little baby to live, and we want them to live in a horrible, squalid situation. You know why? Because we hate women. We do. And we hate children, and we love to see people stay in bondage. That, that's what Christianity is all about, don't you know? Have you ever been to a church that is biblical, that isn't making an attempt to do something for people who are struggling? Seriously? Consider preborn.org slash wretched. They help people. They do ultrasounds for free. If they can find the Kansas Similac, they give that away too. They train people how to... Parent their children and keep them alive. It isn't just pre-born, it is post-born that we take care of people. You can support preborn.org slash wretched. It's a great ministry, very efficient. Yes, it is it is prior to birth counseling, but they also help and give and instruct and Provide for people who are in need who deliver their babies. Do we Christians not care about them? This is Wretched Radio. Confession. Normally, numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared Bible.
3: Transformed, our latest production is available now in the Wretched Store or by visiting transformed.org. This show is like nothing else on Christian TV. You'll witness real biblical counseling sessions with real people dealing with real issues like anxiety, OCD, depression, phobias, and trauma. What you won't see is a secular therapy session or even a Christian counseling session which still uses secular psychology. No, you are going to witness the power of the Bible at work right before your eyes real people with real problems being offered real solutions hosted by dr greg gifford assistant professor of biblical counseling at the masters university and dr dale johnson the executive director of the association of certified biblical counselors transformed where you'll witness biblical counseling as it takes people from brokenness to wholeness visit
2: transformed.org Here's a preborn story that starts out a little on the bitter side, but ends up being very sweet. Neighborhood pastor's daughter ends up pregnant, and she was very abortion-minded, not wanting to face the consequences of her indiscretion. When she met her baby on the ultrasound, she just wept uncontrollably; couldn't do it. That baby's alive today because an ultrasound was underwritten for a girl.
1: And otherwise, even though she was a Christian, she saw abortion as the easy answer.
2: That is the power of an ultrasound when it Woman in crisis sees her baby. Eighty percent of the time, she chooses life. For just twenty-eight dollars, you could provide one of those ultrasounds. But I would ask you, how many ultrasounds might you be able to provide? The more ultrasounds, the more saved babies. Please consider what you can do at preborn.org/slash/wretched. slash wretched
0: Names of God We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. One name is Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. When we were dead in sin and unrighteousness, God provided the righteousness He requires in Jesus Christ, our substitute. If God has provided for our salvation, how much more is He able to meet our daily needs? This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What is going on here?
1: This is Wretched Radio.
2: That's the number of the old toll free. Mooey grateful when you uh, leave a question, comment, conundrum, or snark, or a church sign. But this week, huh? More questions, comments, conundrums, and snarks than church signs. That's not usually the balance. No. Believe me, we hate, I mean, we love getting church signs. <laughs> we love that you call. It's just most of the time I hate them because they're so dopey, so silly, so trite, so unhelpful, so misleading, such a waste. But we do love that you call one eight seven seven two eight two beep. 282 leave a church sign, or leave whatever hi um i'm actually trying to figure out what is the main false teachings of catholicism there are let's just pick five a number one that is a justification by works do not let them deceive you the roman catholic church is a lot like dsw shoe store you say how in the world is the roman catholic church like dsw shoe store well a Apparently, my wife has purchased shoes there in the past, and she must have given some information about herself. Or these days, have you, have you been to the airport lately? They don't ask you for your ticket anymore. They ask for your driver's license. Uh, it's yeah. like all right there. It's crazy the connectivity of the world these days. She must have given her birth date. And so they sent her a gift. What is the definition of a gift? It is something that you give. It's not something you... Charge. It is not something that has a string attached. Otherwise, it would be a work, not a gift. So the outside of this card, very fancy DSW, kind of girly looking stuff, a gift for you. Happy birthday. You open it up, and it's a card that says $5 off.
3: Uh, I thought you was going to say 3%. That's
2: not a gift. If I have to go do something, spend something to get something, it's not a gift. And that's the Roman Catholic Church. They might tell you that grace or salvation is a gift of God, but there's a string attached and it's called works. You have to do many things in order to hopefully, potentially go directly to heaven, bypassing purgatory. So the doctrine of justification, that's a biggie. I wouldn't make this an essential, but as long as I brought up the subject in my mind, uh, eternal security they, the, during the Reformation, this was a hard-fought doctrine. Bishop somebody, German bishop, thought this was the most pernicious of Protestant doctrines. Eternal security. I think it's one of the most glorious. I think it's one of the most assuring doctrines that there is. Even on those days when I feel like, oh, yeah, I've biffed it a lot. I can be assured that God doesn't change his mind. That, that, Because salvation, Ephesians 2.8.9, is a gift. This is what it would look like if you could lose your salvation, that God gives you this gift of salvation, and then something happens, you do something, or God just changes his mind, which he doesn't do like we do. That gift, I'm taking it back. Your salvation, no, I want it back. You can't have that anymore. Does that sound like God to you? Not to me either. Instead, his promises are sure. Come unto him. He will not cast you on. Nothing can snatch you from the Father's hand. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing, nothing, nothing. If you've repented, put your trust in Jesus Christ. You are his. He is yours. And that cannot change. You can't change that. You should trust that. You say, but I I just don't think I repented enough. I can assure you, you haven't. Consider Matthew 17, not exactly sure, the verse, but what did Jesus say is the size of the faith prerequisite for salvation? What size? It's a mustard seed. That's it. Believe me, your faith is puny. So is mine. But it's a gift from God and it's enough. Now. To be sure, First John three eight nine still exists. If you are living an ongoing, unrepentant lifestyle of sin, you're of the devil. But if sin troubles you, it bothers you. You're at war with it. Even a besetting sin that has been tracking you, hounding you for years, but you hate it, you grieve it, you war against it. That's the sign that you're saved. Trust it, and perhaps a little. Just a little nugget that might help you. Stop looking so much at yourself and start studying Jesus more. Consider his character and nature. Does it sound like he gives a gift and then takes it back? No, but that is one of the doctrines that's a distinction to Protestant theology in the Roman Catholic Church. You've got Mariology could be number three. You could also put the worship of saints, number four, praying to saints. There is veneration that is absolute worship. Furthermore, praying to saints You've got the papal system that is so problematic. You've got the doctrine that says you've got to be in the Roman Catholic Church. Otherwise, good luck to you. That it is indeed the mother church. Okay, that's six. Jimmy, can you think of others that are... are, Uh, Purgatory. the Bible. Number seven. Yeah. That there's more divine revelation than the Bible. It's councils and tradition. So for all of those reasons there is still a difference between Roman Catholics and Protestants.
3: So I'm talking in a Facebook group, Christian group, and somebody mentioned he doesn't like the term about Jesus fully God, fully man, and he prefers the term authentically God and authentically man. That strikes my ears really funny in a bad way. Uh, is that denying any central doctrines? Because it just doesn't sound right to me.
2: Yeah, it it does sound different, doesn't it? And the answer would be it could. It just depends on what the fellow means by it. Fully God, fully man. That's really creedal talk. 100% plus 100% equals Jesus. Chalcedonian, Athanasian creed. Fully God, fully man. Now, was he authentically God and authentically man? Yeah, but that doesn't come close to describing his character and nature, the hypostatic union of God and man. So, they might be trying to undermine fully God, fully man, and make him 50-50. He's 50% divine, 50% God. That's heresy. He's fully God, fully man. He had to be. That's the way the Bible presents him, fully God, fully man, but he had to be. Otherwise, your sins couldn't be forgiven. God can't die. His His essence is, is not one of death where he can expire But it was the death, the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins that God accomplished when he became flesh that could die. And you needed that flesh because without that human, you don't have representation. You don't have a sacrifice sufficient for forgiveness. So you needed a God man. And that's exactly the way the Bible presents him. So before I'd kick the guy out, call him a heretic. I would ask him, what do you mean by that? Let's go read some of the creeds. Let's study about the nature of Jesus Christ, and we will learn that it it sounds like profoundly wrong math to us, but it's not in God's classroom. 100% God, 100% man. We needed that Savior. Hey, Todd, what does biblical courting look like? (laughs) Depends on who you ask. Whom you ask? Biblical courting, I, I I think that I might be a little bit slow to put biblical in front of courting because I don't think we have cr- clear directives about biblical courting. Now, because if you wanted to do that incidentally, studying some of the historical narratives to determine how is it that the kid should go about finding a mate, you'd be more inclined to say arranged marriage because we see those in the Old Testament. We also see what are they in india? they 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 they've got a name for this. they They call it either an arranged marriage, a parentally arranged marriage, or they call it a love marriage, where you get to play the field and pick. Okay, we see both of those actually, in the Bible. So I, I'd be a little slow to attach biblical cording to it to make it seem like, yep, it's pretty clear what the scriptures say about dating. Instead, I would just call it courting that's influenced by the Bible. That parents are involved. I don't think it's a sin, by the way, for parents to pick a mate. I don't. You, you can't find that in the Bible. I know. It shocks 21st century ears. But it's not a sin. So I, I'm down with that. But I think the bare minimum is keeping parents involved, receiving their wisdom, Families marry and you want bliss. Please don't buy the lie of our culture that says your parents are stupid idiots. Get away from those knuckle-dragging Neanderthals as fast as you can. No, reject that. Embrace them. Bring them in. It can be more profoundly sweet than anything you can imagine. So keep your parents involved. And I think that identifying somebody who, you know what, I think that I could be interested in this person who is professing to be a Christian. We are going to take some time, we'll call it courting, to determine if we are indeed a good match biblically. In that, a man is looking for a woman who's kind of Proverbs 31-like, who has a great confession of faith, and vice versa. A woman should be looking for a godly man, and you can use that courting time to determine, yep, that individual meets those qualifications, and I dig that person. Then you can talk about marriage, but be careful that you don't unite your hearts in courting. That's the big mistake, because your heart will skew your perception of everything. So use a time to determine if that person is indeed biblically qualified. Then you can start discussing the issues of romance and marriage and saying, I do. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.